1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500, 500
2: Tonight, President Biden in England promising an arsenal of vaccines to the world, comparing the move to actions America took in defense of democracy during World War II. The president and the British prime minister meet face-to-face for the first time, renewing a 70-year-old charter, vowing to take on new challenges together back at home the breaking news tonight about a bipartisan deal on infrastructure sticker shock at the grocery store at the gas pump while consumer prices are rising at the fastest rate in more than a decade and when will prices go down the covid death toll just halfway into the year 2021 the staggering news that covid deaths worldwide have already surpassed all of 2020. Plus, the news from the FDA about those nearly expired Johnson & Johnson vaccines. Supermarket shooting, shoppers run for cover as a woman and a toddler are shot and killed inside a Florida grocery store. Breaking news tonight, why these Pennsylvania homes went up in flames after a man flashed a gun at a public official record job openings what employers are doing to fill those jobs guilty plea the wife of drug kingpin el chapo admits to helping run his empire how much time she could spend behind bars and the spectacular show in the sky as the world wakes up to the moon the sun and the ring of fire
3: this is the CBS Evening News with Maura O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with what President Biden is calling a move to supercharge the fight against COVID-19 abroad. After months of withering criticism that the U.S. hasn't done enough to stop the spread of the virus worldwide... Tonight, the president is officially laying out what he calls a no-strings-attached donation of 500 million doses of Pfizer's vaccine to many of the world's poorest countries, saying it's America's humanitarian obligation. Now, the announcement came during his first face-to-face meeting with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, an attempt to reiterate the special relationship between the U.S. and the U.K. ahead of Mr. Biden's high-stakes summit with Russia's president next week. Meantime, tonight, with Mr. Biden carrying out his diplomatic mission overseas. There is some breaking news on some domestic diplomacy back here in Washington. As we are coming on the air, a bipartisan group of senators say they've actually reached a deal on a more than $1 trillion infrastructure bill to pay for things like new roads and bridges. CBS's Nancy Cordes is traveling with the president and is going to lead off our coverage tonight in Cornwall, England. Good evening, Nancy.
4: Good evening, Nora. CBS News has learned that this infrastructure plan would cost about $1.2 trillion over eight years. Now, that's quite a bit smaller than President Biden's plan, but it is close, the closest that Congress has come to a bipartisan deal on infrastructure so far, as he focuses on building bridges here in England. The president walked onto the world stage today and into a warm embrace.
0: Everybody's absolutely thrilled to see you.
4: President Biden once described the UK's Boris Johnson as a physical and emotional clone of President Trump. But all that was forgotten today as the two sought to mend the bonds between their countries and reassert a powerful partnership. The first lady driving home the point with a jacket embroidered with one word, love.
5: It's wonderful to, to listen to the Biden administration and to, and to Joe Biden because on, uh, there's so much that they want to do together with us, uh, from security, NATO, uh, to, to climate change. And uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's a breath of fresh air.
4: After their 90-minute meeting, Mr. Biden made his first remarks about the giant new purchase of Pfizer vaccines he plans to give to nearly 100 countries. The
1: United States is providing these half million doses with no strings attached. We're doing this to save lives, to end this pandemic. That's it. Period.
4: Jeff Zients spearheaded the $3.5 billion purchase.
3: It actually happened really quickly um, across a few
4: weeks. Zients chairs the White House COVID Task Force. But in a lot of these countries... Is it even possible to get a vaccine right now?
3: I think in some countries it's very, very difficult, if not impossible.
4: Vaccine diplomacy abroad, a possible breakthrough at home. Five Republican senators and five Democrats announced this evening they had reached an agreement on the outlines of an infrastructure package. This investment, they said, would be fully paid for and not include tax increases. But tonight, I'm told the White House has already warned this bipartisan group that parts of its plan violate the president's red line against raising fees on Americans making less than $400,000 a year. So this conversation, Nora, is far from over.
2: All right, Nancy Cordes, thank you. And this programming note will broadcast the CBS Evening News from Geneva for the U.S.-Russia summit, and our coverage will begin next week. So I we hope you'll join us for that. All right, tonight, the global death toll from COVID for this year has surpassed the number from all of last year. The U.S. has lost nearly 600,000 people since the pandemic began. We get more now from CBS's Nikki Batiste.
6: Tonight, the race to vaccinate. The FDA announcing it will extend the expiration date for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine by six weeks. For parents nationwide, there's a mixture of worry and hope. A drop of more than 50% in new COVID cases among kids last week compared to the week before. And today, Moderna applied for emergency use authorization for its vaccine in children as young as 12. But new data shows a possible link between a second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine and myocarditis and pericarditis, heart inflammation. The CDC says it was a higher number than expected, but the cases, mostly seen in males, are rare. And another CDC worry, missed routine vaccinations.
5: So this is a big concern in the pediatric community, especially as kids go back to school. Could we start seeing potentially measles uh, outbreaks and, and that sort of thing?
6: Dr. Peter Hotez says, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are effective against the strains originating in the UK, Brazil and South Africa.
5: The one exception that is concerning me is the Delta variant that came in from India. It looks like a single dose of the vaccine does not seem to offer much protection against that Delta variant.
6: That adds urgency to clinical trials underway now on kids as young as six months. Nine-year-old Kedar Althreya is taking part in a Pfizer trial. Did you have any hesitation at all? So me and my husband did discuss about um, pros and cons
7: of it. If this is a way to get back to normalcy, I think this is the way to go.
6: The CDC says most of the teens and young adults who had some heart inflammation after receiving a vaccine were between the ages of 16 and 24 and did recover. Nora?
2: Nikki Batiste, thank you. Tonight, a terrible scene at a Florida supermarket. A gunman opened fire, killing a woman and a baby before turning the gun on himself. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is at the scene with new details.
7: Shots rang out around 11.30 a.m. inside this public supermarket in Royal Palm Beach. It happened in the produce aisle. A man pulled out a gun and shot a woman and a one-year-old before turning the gun on himself.
2: Upon arrival, deputies located three deceased individuals inside the store near the produce area.
7: Juan Guardia was inside the store getting
6: groceries. One worker, the public worker, and said, hey, run, 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 just shooting, shooting, shooting.
7: So an employee told you to run? Yes, take me away and get out. You have to run for your life? Not yeah, really? at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Police arrived wearing helmets and bulletproof vests just minutes after the shooting. Ron Glassman was minutes away from, away from, the door, from entering the Publix. Uh,
5: everyone started coming out yelling, active shooter, uh, shots fired, get out, get out.
7: The shooting comes just three weeks after a gunman opened fire outside a Miami banquet hall, killing three and wounding 20 others. Detectives believe the victims here at the public store were a grandmother and her grandson. But exactly who the shooter was remains unclear tonight. The shopping center is still closed as deputies continue to review surveillance video and interview witnesses. Nora.
2: Manny Bajorquez, thank you. Tonight, police are still trying to get a handle on a volatile situation outside Philadelphia. And it was a wild scene. Reports of gunshots, explosions, and then a raging fire that spread to other homes. CBS's Meg Oliver reports tonight from Eagleville, Pennsylvania. This is the moment a flaming townhouse turned to a pile of rubble.
7: Multiple explosions, heavy smoke from the townhouse.
2: Police say it all began around lunchtime with a visit from a local code enforcement officer and the homeowner pulled a gun, Lower Providence Police Chief Mike Jackson. The code enforcement officer thankfully was able to get out of there. Our officers responded
1: to the scene. Upon arrival, they uh, engaged the male in front of the residence and he retreated back inside.
2: There were also reports
6: of gunfire.
8: trying to find a safe access, but I can't get confirmation
6: as to what's going on with the shooter. Within moments, police say there were explosions.
2: Nearby residents were evacuated. Firefighters fought the blaze from above while SWAT members covered their backs. I heard all these loud bangs and no- noises. Angela, who lives nearby but doesn't want her last name used, captured some of it on her phone.
8: They sounded like gunshots at first. And then all of a sudden, I just hear all the police sirens and the ambulance
1: and all of that.
2: The scene is blocked off about a half mile away from here. The suspect is still at large and may even be inside the first home that caught fire. Police maintaining a heavy presence, though, reassuring residents they are safe. Nora. Meg Oliver, thank you. And tonight, the cost of living is on the rise, and so are fears of inflation. The Labor Department says consumer prices jumped 5% in May from a year earlier. That's actually the biggest gain in nearly 13 years. We get more now from CBS's Carter Evans.
8: With inflation hitting the grocery store, Kenneth Weinstein had to figure out ways to stretch his dollars.
9: You learn to make do. Like I never used to eat ramen noodles, but now probably two, three times a week.
8: Nationwide, shoppers are paying more. Whole milk up more than 7% from a year ago. Citrus fruit up 9%. Bacon 13%. When you see prices rise this quick, does it concern you?
9: If it continues to rise this quickly, yes but we don't expect that to be the case.
8: UCLA senior economist Leo Feller says
9: many companies are
8: still recovering from pandemic-related shortages, at the same time many Americans are flush with stimulus cash.
9: People are going out, and they're buying things, and they're revving up the economy. But
8: they're running up prices.
9: But this is until supply catches up to demand.
8: With travelers suddenly on the move again, gas prices are up 56% airfare up more than 24% and huge demand for automobiles drove up used car and truck prices almost 30% from last year. Those are scary numbers for people.
9: Rental cars up a 100%, right? But then again, think about rental cars. No one was renting cars this time last year.
8: Now with the pandemic easing, people are back out spending all at once.
9: Normally, we're not all this coordinated, right? We don't all decide to go out and buy houses and furniture and take vacations at the exact same time like we're doing right now. So expect this to be about the worst numbers of year-over-year inflation that you're going to see.
8: And there is some good news at the grocery store. When you look at these inflation numbers from month to month, they show that food prices are already beginning to stabilize. And as more people begin to go out and eat at restaurants again, economists predict some food prices could even come down. Nora?
2: Well, that is some good news. Carter Evans, thank you. And we want to turn now to the issue of cyber attacks and the stunning news that the giant meat producer JBS paid $11 million in ransom to get its plants back online. A cybersecurity company says there were more than seven ransomware attacks every hour last year. We have more now from CBS's Jeff Begayes.
5: JBS USA CEO Andre Nagira says the decision to pay the $11 million ransom was very difficult, but it had to be made. The meat distributor's business nearly ground to a halt with plants shutting down, impacting thousands of workers and contractors across the country. Aren't we just inviting
8: uh, more attacks uh, when you pay off these
5: thugs? Today on Capitol Hill, lawmakers pressed FBI Director Christopher Wray on what companies should do in these situations.
0: It is our policy, it is our guidance uh, from the FBI that uh, companies should not pay the ransom.
5: But they are. When a ransomware attack shut down its operations last month, Gasoline supplier Colonial Pipeline also says it paid off the hackers.
8: It was the hardest decision I've made in my 39 years in the energy industry.
5: The number of organizations paying ransom has risen to 32% so far this year. 46% of companies that paid the ransom did receive access to their data, but the data was corrupted. 3% of companies paid a ransom and didn't get their data back at all. They are looking for targets. Hacking for dollars. They're looking for... The next big juicy target that's going to pay out. The FBI director said today that cyber threats are increasing almost exponentially and that the volume of money paid in ransomware has
2: tripled over the last year. Nora. All right, Jeff Begays, thank you. And the number of Americans filing unemployment claims dropped to a new pandemic low. Those new numbers come as job openings hit a record high 9.3 million in April. CBS's Omar Villafranca reports now on the struggle to fill those jobs.
3: At Greenville Avenue Pizza in Dallas, business is cooking. But owner Sammy Mandel can't hire enough workers. Ads weren't working, so he's offering something extra. So now we're doing $200 after they've completed six weeks of work. We actually just gave out our first check. In a post-pandemic economy, employers are having to offer creative incentives. Waste Management now offers workers and their families academic scholarships. New employees for Omni Hotels can get a signing bonus and three free nights at a hotel of their choice if they stay through Labor Day
2: a long-term, decades-long trend where the employer held so much power, that dynamic is shifting.
3: CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger says new employee incentives might become the new normal with child care, workplace health safety, and additional unemployment benefits as reasons for the slow hiring. You can get food from over here and eat here. Yes, you do. Phil Romano is the man behind restaurants like Macaroni Grill and Fuddruckers. His latest venture here in Dallas is stalled because he can't find enough workers to staff it. Just having a job for him used to be an in incentive. He's now offering $1,000 educational scholarships for certain workers after 60 days. Romano says he could always rely on young workers to fill jobs, but he worries they could be left out if the industry adapts.
1: This industry is going to adapt.
8: It's going to adjust. We don't need help anymore. There's going to be technology. These guys are going to be out of a job.
3: This restaurant spent $5,000 in ads just to tell people they were hiring. The owner tells me 95% of the people who applied didn't even show up for the interview. Nora?
2: Just incredible. Omar Villafranca, thank you.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
2: We have some terrifying dash cam video tonight from Arkansas showing an officer bumping a car during a traffic stop and causing it to flip. The driver was a pregnant woman. The officer claims he performed the pit maneuver because the woman didn't pull over. Janice Harper says she put on her hazard lights to show she was looking for a place to stop. She wasn't seriously hurt. Her baby now four months old is fine, but she's suing the police. Also tonight, the wife of the Mexican drug lord known as El Chapo, could be facing life behind bars. Emma Coronel Porto pleaded guilty today here in Washington to helping her husband run his multi-billion dollar drug empire. El Chapo is serving a life sentence in Colorado's Supermax prison. In Austin, Texas tonight, four people are lucky to be back on land after they nearly went over a dam in a boat. When rescuers got to the scene, the boat was hanging over the 36-foot dam. First responders tied the boat to a rescue boat, and they were able to pull them back to open water. Nobody was hurt. Early risers in the east were singing that great Johnny Cash song today, Ring of Fire, as the sun, earth, and moon aligned for what was called the Ring of Fire eclipse. These are some of the spectacular shots. The best views were in the northeast, U.S., Canada, and Greenland. But it was also seen in parts of Europe, Russia, and Asia. The moon blocked out the center of the sun to create that blazing fringe of sunlight. In New York City, it was seen as a partial eclipse, a crescent sun, if you will. It took a village to save a wedding after a horrific fire. CBS's Steve Hartman on how they did it when he goes on the road tomorrow. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. See you tomorrow. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery
2: slash survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life.